Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're really glad that you are here today listening, that you've chosen this podcast to be part of your student ministry podcasting. So thanks for that. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review about the podcast. We read every one of those, and uh, we, they really do mean a lot to us because we want this to continually get better for you, the listener. So we do this for you. We'd love to hear what you think about it. So if you could leave a rating and review, that would be amazing. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, and with me today is producer Nathan. Producer Nathan. Yes, sir. <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. How about you? It's it's great here. Uh, it, it's just Nathan and I today, so we're excited about this episode because uh, it centers around a topic that I think is really important. And Nathan, you've noticed uh, as we've done these Essentials conferences, and last episode mm-hmm. was kind of a snapshot of that event mm-hmm. um, yep. with San Antonio, and we're we're going to be in six or seven cities this spring and some more in the fall. And what we've noticed is that parent ministry continues to be a major topic that comes up at those events, right? Like it continually Mm -hmm. get questions in panels and people want to hear about it. Yeah. And it seems more and more student pastors are realizing how important parent ministry is. We're starting to see, I think, a really positive shift away from parent ministry just being the idea of calendaring information type deal but a real of how do we how do we really help parents continue the spiritual development of their students and obviously we know that every family looks different we've got all kinds yeah. of different students coming to our churches these days and so or our programs are meeting them in the Sometimes it's not even there. We're meeting students out, whether it's at schools or at events or yep. whatever the case is. But family structure is obviously something that's vastly different. And that's a big part of that conversation, too. You know, it's it's different to minister and partner with a family that is Christians wanting to pour in versus students who are just coming maybe new in the faith and their parents aren't believers. So that's, I think, yeah. an interesting part of that conversation, too. Something I think, though, that I've taken away from that that you said, which I have no, I don't really have a context for this, but the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, man, that makes perfect sense. But something you say often, Ben, I think would be good for the listeners to to understand. And I know I wish it was something that I would have understood back when I was doing student ministry, but you constantly say parenting a teenager is very different than pastoring a teenager. And once you said that, I really thought that is right. Maybe just if you take a few minutes and just kind of expound upon that. I know me looking back at my years in student ministry, man, I wish I would have kind of thought that because I think it's easy for you to be on the outside looking in like like I do not have children so it's easy for me to be on the outside looking in even to say this is how I would do it and then I think it's very ignorant the more I've thought about it you're constantly in that they constantly see you every moment of the day you know they see your highs they see your lows those kind of things I think it was just a very ignorant stance that I had and I didn't really think through it and so maybe take a few minutes and just kind of expound on that man it is totally different and I think you know, ignorant sounds like an aggressive word, but I would say that about myself too in those moments. And here's what, what I've come to learn as a parent of teenagers is, is one of the things is what you said, like they see you in every moment. Like as a student pastor, you can deliver God's truth. You can have like a, one of those counseling type meetings. You can walk through a student during a difficult time. But then they leave or even have a hard conversation with a student Mm -hmm. like where they've done something or they're either confessing to you or like, you know, they stole something from the camp snack bar, you know, whatever (laughs) whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a hard conversation and not necessarily a counseling conversation. Mm -hmm. You can have those. But when that's over, 
like you're going to separate places mm-hmm. and they're not going to see the way that you live as a student pastor all the time. And that's really difficult when we think about a parent because they do like parents sometimes lose. I, I maybe I won't say this about every parent. I sometimes lose my temper. I sometimes have disagreements with people in our, in our home. And like my kids see all of that. And then to sit down and say, Hey, let's have a spiritual conversation, which we never like lead in that way, but (laughs) to transition to at some point, having a spiritual conversation, like all of that is in the background. And that's for me, for somebody who is, has pastored, in churches as a student pastor and for somebody who is a quote trained discipler of people mm-hmm. and somebody who is in the middle of all that. Now you put that on a parent who has probably never been discipled themselves mm-hmm. uh, and feels a lot of guilt for not spiritually investing in their kids the way the church says they should be. And then no training in how to do that, it can create a really, really shaming guilt, mm-hmm. guilt feeding environment for parents. Um, and so, as a as a parent of teenagers now, it is it is completely different to parent one than than to pastor one. And one of the things I misunderstood as a student pastor without children or without teenage children was that recognizing that truth that it is different to parent that I don't know how to parent Mm. does not make me less of a youth pastor. It just means I haven't had those experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think early on in ministry, I took that to mean that it made me less of a youth pastor. And when parents would talk to me about how parenting is different than pastoring, because I had those conversations, it it probably uh, wasn't in those in that language or those words exactly, but that was the point that parents were trying to make to me. Uh, I took that as an attack against my ability to be a youth pastor when looking back on it. And then, you know, that created some defensiveness in me and looking back on that, I think that parent was just trying to help me understand and see things from their point of view which is a big deal. Like that's a parent Mm -hmm. saying, I just need you to listen and see things from my point of view. I'm trying to help you understand. It's not a parent saying you're not equipped to fulfill God's call in your life. Right. So I think that one of the, it's one of the first things I would say to student pastors listening to this, if you're pastoring students and you don't have teenage children, it doesn't make you less of a youth pastor. It just means you don't have those experiences. And so you have to learn from others and engage other people in what those experiences are like and be willing to listen and be willing to see things from their point of view. Nathan, you brought up uh, something that I think is really important. And then I want to, I kind of want to mention some phases that I've seen in parent ministry mm-hmm. over the years. What you mentioned was the family dynamics piece of this. Mm-hmm. And like we all know that, but it, it we see it every time we gather a group of student pastors is we talk about parent discipleship and parents discipling their kids. And the reality is, is that some of those parents want to do it and they don't know how. And I would put probably the majority of church families in that category. Right. It's a parent that doesn't spiritually invest in their kids just because they've never been showed how. 
And that's the group of parents that really struggle with the church saying, parent, you're the number one discipler, and then the church not having any system in place to teach them how to be a discipler. Yeah. So that's one category. Another category is the parents who don't care. Church is just a cultural thing for them. They show up. They might not even know the Lord. They're just doing the church thing because that's where their business connections are or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the kids just get drawn into it. Or it's the babysitting. No, that's totally right. And there's another category of families who mom isn't there. Dad isn't there. They live with grandparents. They have a guardian type of relationship instead of parents who are there. And then there's another one whose parents are clearly lost and don't even go to church. And so parent ministry in all of those dynamics looks really different. And I think in the church, what we most often talk about when we talk about parent ministry is that first group, group of parents who are at church and we would say are somewhat committed to church things, but aren't engaging spiritually at home. And I think one of the things that we should look into the future and say in student ministry is what does parent ministry look like in all of those dynamics? Because in one of those Mm -hmm. dynamics, parent ministry looks like me equipping a teenager to be a missionary in their house. Yeah. And it might look like me showing up at a basketball game or a a football game or a band concert, not to see the kid, but because the kid's parents are going to be there. And I know the parents don't know Jesus. And that's a relationship that needs to be worked on for the sake of the gospel. And so that's, that's parent ministry. It's not Mm -hmm. what we normally think of as parent ministry, but, but that's parent ministry too. So I think, As we look into the future of what this looks like, we need to be thinking about these different family dynamics and identifying what parent ministry looks like. Now, I mentioned I wanted to talk about some phases of parent ministry, and this deals with that first group, parents who are largely involved in church most of the time that we would say they're just not spiritually investing at home. So what we've seen is parent ministry in like this phase one is like this awareness of, okay, I need to do something with my parents. And it starts off with informational meetings. Uh, It starts off with, like you mentioned earlier, it's the calendar. It's here's when stuff is due. Here's when the paperwork needs to be turned in. And we might have a special speaker in to talk about uh, here's how to protect your kids from the internet or Mm -hmm. something like a topic-based kind of thing. And those are helpful. And as a student pastor, I did those and and have been the speaker at those kinds of events. But that's kind Mm -hmm. of like this phase one of parent ministry. And then it moves into phase two of parent ministry. And that's like the, well, we need to begin equipping them with more resource so that they can have spiritual conversations. Something happens between phase one and two where there's this recognition of, Mm -hmm. unless I give them something, nothing's going to happen. And so that most often looks like here's the curriculum that we're using, or here's the sermon series that we're preaching through. And so it's an email of here's what we're talking about. Here are some questions that you can talk about with your kids at home. And I think that's a necessary progression. And then after that phase, we realize, okay, this needs to look different. Mm Mm-hmm that phase is just not 
enough because all we're doing is upping the spiritual conversation. We're not necessarily creating disciples. And then so this next phase comes into play. And I think this is what a lot of student pastors are wrestling with now. And so if we look back in student ministry, I think that's the progression of phases. And there are going to be churches all across that spectrum right now. But I think what people, as I talk to student pastors, as we're out doing these essentials events, here's, I think people are in between phases two and three. Mm-hmm. And they're really asking the question, what does it look like to create disciples in a parent ministry environment? And one of the things that is being realized is that parents don't need just another question sheet. They actually need to be taught how to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. And in learning how to be a disciple, they then learn how to disciple someone else. And so that's, you know, like we created the parent partner and, uh, you know, this well, this is the student ministry podcast pilot, so we can like promote our own stuff sometimes. <laughs> we don't do that a lot, but we will right now because that's why we created Parent Partner because it gets parents in the word mm-hmm. every week. It gets them developing a prayer life every week, and it includes conversations and activities that are accessible and easy and not weird to have with your kids. And so that is that is helping student ministries take a step out of phase two and into phase three of parent ministry. And that's just one thing that, that we offer. And you can find out more at lifeway.com slash parent partner on how that works. But those are the three phases as I see them through a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that at the event. And we we know that people are in those in that transition. And they're asking the question, how do we make disciples of parents so that they make disciples of their kids? And we're backing up and saying, okay, this has to look different than what we've, than what we've been doing. I think that brings a couple of things to my mind is one of those being, we have to, I think we need to start approaching parent ministry kind of in the sense of the same way we would approach, how to say like evangelism and even discipleship with students. And it's more of a, it's more of a personal relational side than it is more of a cookie cutter. Here's the program, follow this formula through it. So just like you would work with dealing with a student who has maybe doubts about their faith or something, you know, Johnny will have different questions and different doubts than, than yeah. Timmy will. And I think some of this is the same type deal. Parent ministry, I think we've kind of got to get out of that mindset of the, if I just do this for everyone, we'll be good to go. Cause we, we've seen, and I think we're there with discipleship realizing like there are some things we can put into place, but discipleship kind of has to be that relational thing. It, it One family, one parent, one father, one mother, they may, they're, they're going to, everybody's going to struggle with different aspects of their faith. And so it's, it's a, a walking them through those things. So I think parent ministry kind of takes on that as well. Just like you're saying with that discipleship process of it, it's a, where is this family at and what can we move them on to the next step? And then this family, oh, well, they're starting at step one. This family may be at step 10. I think for me, mm-hmm. that was something that I didn't do enough of in student ministries. I had some, I mean, I think everybody does, but I had some parents who were great, solid disciple makers of their students. And I had other parents looking at them being like, we don't like those parents because they're just goody two shoes and their kids are, or whatever. And it's like, well, that no, they're like actually discipling their students. And so there's just different places, I think, on the spectrum. And so to, I wish I would have had more of a, a heart for where everybody was at and to kind of help those parents walk along and not, and also not just have the mindset of, well, that's the, whatever the job title is, adult pastor, this pastor, that pastor, right. someone else's job. I think it's, you know, I think we con- we constantly saw Jesus putting the disciples all together in different environments to learn together. Like he even sends them out, you know, two by two. And I think this is a moment where 
partnering with the other the other people that God has entrusted us to do ministry with as a church. Mm-hmm. You know, not that solid approach of just just students because we really care about students. We'll care about the students' parents because that's who spends the most times with that student for or whoever their guardian is. Yeah, man, you make a great point there in that that's a like if you're really gonna tackle this, not just saying that's the adult pastor's job or whoever that is assigned adult discipleship on the mm-hmm. on your team of staff but actually developing a partnership there and saying hey like let's what does it look like to really tackle this like i'm noticing in student ministry that parents are not engaging in spiritual conversations in their home they're not discipling in the home what can we do as a church across staff areas to be able to address that because we know from research this was in the the within reach study that only 27% of families whose high schoolers are actively involved in the church are having spiritual conversations in the home. And so we know there's a big deficit. So how do we tackle this? I want to go dive in a little deeper with something that you said. Um, And I'm I'm really thankful for an episode like this because uh, there's many times and listening audience, you know, this, if you've listened for a while, uh, that producer Nathan is, is in the background and running stuff and making sure that things happen. And we have the summary at the end of the podcast where he always jumps in. Um, but few people probably know like local church student ministry experience and serving Mm -hmm. on student ministry team and leading out in that effort. So I want to go back and dive a little bit more deeply into your experience and you say, and you saying that you would have done some things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I want to, I want to dive in a little bit more there and say, okay, like knowing what you know now about discipling parents and that that needs to be a bigger priority, mm-hmm. what would you go back and do a little bit differently with either the time that you spent or the strategy or the programming in order to solve that? A couple big things for me, I would have spent more time with parents and I would have seen, I didn't have parents at the same level. Like I was very much considering a lot of what I did student ministry and the parents that I was closer to were the parents who were on like our youth council who helped me pull off events, do stuff, you know, that, that I met with, planned with to do the work of student ministry. So I wish I would have taken a lot more time to spend time Mm -hmm. with the parents who weren't as involved for whatever reason that was. And then I think the discipleship piece of that for me would have, I think a lot of, when I really have thought back a lot about this, but the parents that really weren't either involved or like they wanted their kids there, they were in church, but you just didn't see like they seemed to have a discipleship relationship as I wish I would have spent some more time trying to help disciple them and let them, I think the big thing for me was just letting them know it's okay that you don't have all of the answers. I think a lot of times they were afraid to have some tough conversations with their students because they themselves just didn't know the answers and were afraid to tell their student, oh, I don't know. But I wish I would have helped create an environment where it's okay for both people to ask questions and to find, you know, to, to then seek out answers, whether that was from, you know, different pastor, student pastor, whatever that, whatever the case was there. Um, but just kind of that environment of like, you know, let's learn together, like, and just help it. I think parents see that because I think sometimes we just like what you'd said, Ben, back at the beginning of, you know, you felt like if when a parent was saying, well, you just don't know what it's like to parent because you hadn't parented a teenager yet. You took that kind of personally, like I didn't, I, I should be able to do this. So I think sometimes 
parents were like, well, I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader, so I don't want to admit that I don't know all of these answers. That's just kind of some of the feelings I got from some of the parents along the way. But I think more time, spending more time with parents, more times you said, like when you go to those sporting events, seeing that as, hey, the kid's going to, you're going to see that kid for five seconds at the end of the game when the, they're running off the field and you wave and like, hey, I was here. But you could have just spent an, an hour or two with those parents having conversations, you know, just getting to know them. That's where I wish I would have spent more time, more effort, more energy. Man, me too. I, I think one of the things that I that I would have done, and I pushed back against this idea, but I think it would have been really beneficial. And that's the formation of like a parent, I wouldn't call it this, but a parent advisory team or a mm -hmm. parent feedback team of some kind. And uh, it was probably my pride more than anything else that kept me from doing that because I, I as a young, I mean, I full-time student pastor at 21. And so like, man, just young and felt like I had to prove to everybody that I knew everything and I didn't know everything and still don't know everything. I'm just a little bit, hopefully a little bit more comfortable recognizing that now than I was. Yeah. But there definitely was a, a, an over overcompensating attitude because of my lack of experience and because of my youth. And so I pushed against forming a team of parents that I would meet with on a regular basis and ask about their opinions of the ministry and how they could be in, involved in the ministry and how they could mobilize other parents to be involved and what their students need. And, mm -hmm. you know, I did that with students the whole way through. Uh, I always had groups of students that, that I did that with, but groups of parents, I didn't. And I think there was part of that where I was afraid that they wouldn't agree. And there was part of that that, like I mentioned, was my pride that kept me from it and mm -hmm. uh, a defensiveness. But I think if we're truly going to move from that phase two into phase three, where we really do begin to partner with parents to disciple them, and teach them how to be a disciple, then it takes us putting ourselves purposefully in a place where, where we humble ourselves and we hear from them. And we build relational equity. I mean, you you nailed it with time, right? Like mm -hmm. I would have spent more time connecting. And that's same. And specifically around developing a group of parents that would meet frequently with me to give input and bounce ideas off of. And remember, like the student pastor side of that is you're gaining incredible insight into families. Mm -hmm. uh, you're building relationships that are going to help you win. You are building relationships with parent. Parents talk to each other. And so the people that are in that group, when they're out other places and parents are talking, then you have people that you are with a lot of time on your side and in your corner. And they may not ever, agree, you may not agree on every single thing together, but that time and willingness to hear and adjust your plans accordingly you may not every time but as you adjust plans as appropriate you really earn the credibility of a group of people remember as we talk about mission and strategy we hold our mission closed-fisted like that is what we're here to do and what we are about but our strategy is more open-handed and the strategy needs to be able to flux and and bend and shape to the context and the people that we're serving. And so if that parent group can inform strategy, 
then that makes mm. that makes us as a ministry better able to reach teenagers and to partner with the home. And so, man, going back, that is one thing that I would I would definitely do to partner more closely with parents. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I, like I said, at more time, um, I think I would. I wish I would have had more intentional partnerships. So for me, we my church was already structured where we had a a group of. It was typically parents, but they didn't have to be parents. But we had we were a very committee led group. So our our youth group committee. I don't even remember what we call it, like youth council, youth committee that was made up of mostly parents or just like some of the key volunteer leaders for the for the group. So it was good to meet with them. But I think I really wish I would have been much more intentional with asking them harder questions and really trying to help push me to be, to be better. Cause it was like, Hey, what do you guys think of this idea? Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. Cool. We'll help you pull it off. And I was like, all right, sweet. So we ran down that. Cause, cause I, so I started into, so I didn't start into student ministry right out the gate. I spent years before that as an aquatics and sports director for the YMCA. So then after leaving that feeling like God was calling me into the ministry, like I kind of, I mean, I really, I was hustling in that environment. So I really took some of those kind of like just hustle, head down we're going to plow through and just do these things like i think this yeah. is the direction we're going and this is just what we're doing and it was again i mean it you know you, you kind of wake up i think once you get to your 30s and look back and be like oh crap i was too much of a bulldozer in some situations so i think for me sometimes it was Man. you know that case and i just you know kind of wish i would have been much more intentional with some of the parents that i could have put on that or even just seeking out other parents and be like hey what do you really need right now instead of just you know, kind of how I'm not going to say I had like yes men on, on the council. There were some people that were a little challenging, but I think I could have really set that up a lot more to really benefit and help the students and the, and the parents along the way, man. I, <laughs> you talk about running fast and being the bulldozer and man, that's something that I resonate with too. And something that definitely was part of my ministry and, uh, and in some cases was praised for that. And that kind of work ethic and that kind of get it done and this is the direction we're going and all of those things uh, was reinforced as a good thing. And in some cases, it did serve me well. In other yeah. cases, it it created a situation where it felt uncaring mm. because yeah. this was just the direction and you can either get on board or you can get off. And if you get right. off, that's cool because there's plenty of people in the community that will still get on. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that part of it was the unhealthy part. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot that I could have done differently in those settings to bring people along. And I think it would have been healthier in the long run. And so that's just something student pastors, as you listen to this, if you're one of those that maybe this is a good bulldozer check moment <laughs> to see if that's the situation that you're in. And it might be a, a situation like mine, like Nathan mentioned for him, that there's moments where it serves you well, and there's moments where it tends to stack up the bodies behind the bulldozer. And that's, that's never the situation that, that we, that we want to be in. There was a moment that was pivotal in my understanding of parent ministry at a church with a pastor, and there was something that happened and it wasn't really a huge deal. The issue wasn't a huge deal, but the parents talked to the pastor. And if you've ever had, like there are student pastors that are going, man, I'd feel your pain. Cause if you, <laughs> sometimes they just go straight to the pastor. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and so the pastor who I'm friends with still today called me into his office and said, Hey, I've had this come up and I want you to know that these parents are 
supportive of you. They love you. They love the student ministry. They just had a concern that they brought to my attention. And again, like the issue was not a big deal at all. What was a big deal and what the pastor in a really gentle teaching way asked me was after we talked about the issue, why do you think they came to me instead of coming straight to you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's a really, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing that as a, like I mentioned, gentle way. He didn't do that as an attack towards me. He did that. And he said, I don't know the answer to that question. But he said, I think that's a good question for you to ask yourself because for whatever reason, they felt more comfortable seeking me out in this moment than coming straight to you. And so that was a really pivotal moment in my understanding of, of parent ministry and the, and the need to build relationships that foster a transparency and a vulnerability with yourself as a leader and parents. Because that, that parent, had they come straight to me, could have been a healthy and, and growing conversation. And so that, man, I share that just as a, as a point for student pastors, as you listen to this, maybe ask that question before an issue comes up and say, if there's an issue, would the parents in my ministry come straight to me? Is there relationship foundation? Is there a relationship foundation that fosters vulnerability and transparency? Do they believe that I'm going to hear them? Do they believe that I'm going to appreciate what they have to say? Do they believe that I'm going to care about them and see it from their point of view? Or do they believe that I'm going to be defensive? Or do they believe that if they go straight to me, that it's not going to matter or do anything? So that's just a Again, pivotal moment for me because it caused me to ask a really, really hard question that I think changed the course of how I viewed parent ministry from that moment on. So maybe a good question to kind of sit with as you listen to this podcast. Hey, I want to take just a minute to tell you about some friends of ours. Students Standing Strong is an organization that provides you, the student ministry, with biblically relevant and life-changing weekly studies for your students to lead at school. So this is something that is a campus group building ministry. They help you help your students start Bible studies on their on their school campus. So S3 Students Standing Strong, S3 Campus Clubs, provide Christian students a place to encourage one another, study God's Word, and share their faith and church with classmates. Check out myS3.org and train up a generation of students to learn, live, and lead biblical truth. Students Standing Strong is a bridge from the schoolhouse to the church house. All right, so we've spent a good bit of time today talking about parent ministry. And as you have listened to this, um, you might think, man, that is a lot to take in. Like there's a lot that I need to do differently. Uh, Maybe you've been encouraged today and you're on the right track and you're transitioning into the next phase of parent ministry at your church and things are going well. And maybe you are like many student pastors that I've talked to over the years and just trying to figure this thing out. And I want to let you know, if the task in front of you with parent ministry seems daunting, that you don't have to do it all at once. Identify one thing that you can take steps on right away and build that one thing. Maybe it's the creation of that parent team 
to help you in ministry. Maybe it's beginning to have coffee or lunch with some parents once a week and rotate through parents in your ministry. Maybe it's just walking more slowly through the lobby on Sunday morning and making sure that you spot parents and approach them and initiate relationship with them. Whatever it is, identify one of those things if this feels really daunting and then create a strategy from there where you can begin to add on to that one thing. This isn't going to happen overnight anyway. So make your plans, begin to take steps, and I believe it's going to have a great impact on your ministry. Hopefully you have been encouraged and challenged today as we've talked about parent ministry. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next week.